0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Have a drink, have
1: a drive. Go out and
2: see what you can find.
0: Obviously, from a uh, lighter time, to say the least, Mungo Jerry joining us. Uh, your best uh, summer songs, and we've had a wide range... Kid Rock, uh, The Cars, Uh, Don Henley, even though the song Boys of Summer technically is about the conclusion of summer. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer, Derek Scott, Brendan Escott. Brendan Escott will join us at 145, 146. He'll help set up the Edmonton Elks encounter against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Cam Moon in 39 seconds time. Uh, As I tell you, uh, Cam Moon's appearance... Brought to you by our friends at Brentridge Ford. And this is how it's going. It's been an interesting week at Brent Ridge Ford. Strong message. Uh, two Jeeps are traded in for Broncos. Uh, we've got some Hondas moving for some edges and that sort of thing. Right now, it's uh, it's an interesting time, to say the least. And uh, you name it, they've got it out at Brent Ridge Ford where they've got a terrific service department that's kept families coming back for years and years and years. They've had uh, 11 uh, presence Award winners in a row from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs on your current vehicle or you're looking to trade something in, uh, you can always uh, call Kevin, Margie, or Mike in the uh, uh, maintenance department, repair department, service department, one ford That's one eight seven seven four seven seven ford One eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. As we bring aboard Cam Moon. Hello, Cam. How are you? Doing very well. Yeah. I'm gonna hey, I'm going out to see Uncle Milt today after the show.
1: Oh, you're gonna have a good time there. Everybody at Brant Ridge is the best.
0: Well, you know, they're having a problem out there because there are some Calgary Flames fans. And this is a problem. This this has been a difficult week for them, Cam. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to hear all about it, aren't you? Uh, well, actually, they're going to hear all about it. <laughs> oh yeah! The uh, the smart Alec that put the Calgary Flames sticker on my gas cap. Yeah. Yeah, he in particular is going to be hearing about it at uh yeah, at With Ford. interest, right? right? Yes, it'll be
1: paid back with interest.
0: You know, I got to tell you though, Cam. In, in terms of look, you're in Red Gear all those years. Uh, you got friends in the Calgary media, friends in the Edmonton media. Yep. You know the two markets. We want the Flames and the Oilers to have the, as best as possible teams that they can. I am not going to write off Calgary in any way, shape, or form. It's sad that they didn't get anything for you know Johnny Goodrow's gone. You kind of took him right to the last moment. Uh, that was a little bit surprising. Then we find out that Kachuk's not going to sign there long-term. But Calgary's a well-run organization, Cam, and you know what might end up happening as a result of this is they might end up building a team closer to the template of what Daryl Sutter likes to coach with. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and, and that's very possible. And when you've got Daryl behind the bench, you got Jacob Markstrom in goal, they're D... Are pretty solid. I know they had some ups and downs and certainly had you know, some issues containing the Oilers in the last four games of, of that series. But, even losing, well, we think losing two of the top uh, three forwards, they're still going to be a competitive club. And you're right, they can build a little bit more towards uh, the way Darrell likes to coach. So, yeah, I don't doubt they're still going to be a contending team, but it is you know it's a tough pill to take when you're you losing two players of that magnitude i mean they've only lost one so far in goodrow but it it is trending towards um uh, matthew Kachuk leaving that that's yeah but they'll still be competitive and you're right it's better when when both alberta teams are going and we got to see it this year in the playoffs yep. like both teams even who was the second round so both teams have that that momentum of winning around the southern part of the province is all fired up. Because they had a good team all year and they were good in the playoffs in that first round, or at least good enough to get by Dallas and same in Edmonton had a good season, able to battle back to beat Los Angeles. So it was a perfect situation or the two teams are meeting in the, in the second round. I'd like to see more of that. It was fun to actually have a battle of Alberta for the first time since
0: 91. It,
1: it changed up our province. It's, yeah, I hope there's more of it. So I still think Calgary will be competitive, and the, I'm sure they'll make some moves that, and add some forwards that you know sit in line with what they do. But we're better when both teams are competitive.
0: We're joined by Cam Moon. Cam, uh, if Matthew Kachuk gets traded, it'll be the first time in NHL history that an organization's lost a pair of 100-plus point scores in the same off season. Crazy. Yeah,
1: that's. Oh. That's tough. Honestly, until the announcement came out that Johnny Goodrow was going to Columbus, I never wavered for a second in thinking that I thought he was going staying with the Flames. Me too. I thought he would, Me yeah, too. I thought he would kick the tires on some teams out out east, ultimately get more money from the Flames, which he was going to, and I thought he'd just stay there. So I, it never entered my mind that he'd leave. So when he did, I was I was quite surprised now that you know with this sh- with the second shoe about to drop and Matthew check, uh you know alluding that he he doesn't want to stay there long term that didn't overly shock me given the way the first thing went down
0: cam you've been doing the games now for the last two seasons uh but you've followed the orders closely yeah are you? It, the whole Yesa Paul Yarby situation here, and and look, Paul Yarby and Yamamoto are both restricted free agents. The owners mm-hmm. qualified them both. In theory, they could both end up going to arbitration. About ninety percent of uh, potential arbitration cases get settled before they ever end up going to arbitration. Are you? How would you? If somebody were to say, Cam, describe to me Yesa Paul Yarvey in Edmonton. What would you say? Like how he is how he the is whole, um, how he's whole, perceived and yeah. the fit and all that well i would say he's loved
1: like and i know there's there's uh, his detractors are out there for sure i mean find that with every player in, in every canadian market but but overall i w- i would say the fan base loves him and and you see it when he scores a goal at rogers place it goes crazy um and I think there's something to be said for his his personality and uh, some of the the, the um, you know just the the good natured, wholehearted stuff that he puts out on on social media. You can see that you know deep down, yes, you know, he's is a really good guy. <laughs> so I, I would say he's incredibly popular. Um, I, I can't see the Kyler Yamamoto. Case going to arbitration, I guess. Pulliardy is certainly possible, but you're right; they usually get worked out before that, and hopefully they do, so that they, they, both sides don't have to go through that process. Because I can't imagine that that would be very pleasant from either side, and and they get that worked out. And whether it's a, a sign and trade or whether it's a sign and stay. In Pooley-Arvey's case, I just hope they get that that figured out sooner than later.
0: Now, you told me you were going to do some research on Jack Campbell when we, uh, you know, was made official that he was coming to town. When you've seen some video of him or watched him in games, as a former goaltender yourself, Camoon joining us right now from the Oilers Radio Network, um, Cam, what do you got? Like, what, well, I, what do you see?
1: I see, I see some really good things in that uh, his athleticism is very strong and. He has had uh, stretches of play, and I'm, I'm basically looking at last season, not so much prior to that because I want to deal with the, the here and now, uh, where he got on really good rolls but had some time where it wasn't as good. So inconsistency mean, is, uh, I would say, something that was, well for every goaltender is something that everybody's always working on and trying to be better at, and I would say in Jack Campbell's case that would, that would uh, certainly apply. Um, but there's there's a lot to like. You know, when he had it going well, and you know, in the playoffs, he gave the the Leafs a fighting chance. Um, when you got um, when you got Vasilevsky down at the other end, I mean, you're going to have to really earn your goals for sure. But uh, there's a lot to like. I, 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 there's a lot to like. I think about the the tandem too and and Stuart Skinner his next step in his development and the next step will be playing more games at the NHL level he got into 13 last year and and we saw a lot of good things but that continues to to develop and and played as well as he did with Bakersfield but Jack Campbell is going to be uh you you want him to be a steady but and I think he can be a steady netminder for Edmonton and a guy that really wants to be there and be part of this team and and part of uh, winning games in uh, in northern Alberta. So yeah, I think it's a good fit. Uh, both sides seem, you know, really receptive to it. But you know, from what I was able to to watch from last season, uh, I think the the good far outweighed the bad.
0: Uh, Cam, um, favorite summer song?
1: Uh, Ice Cream Man by Van Halen.
0: Ice Cream Man by Van Halen. It's from their first album. Now, are you gonna be? Uh, are you gonna be bringing any ice cream into the uh, studios here over the next couple weeks? You know, I don't have a lot of ice cream in my diet. You are a one are, skinny guy. Like I'm telling you, you eat like a bird. I do. It, it's amazing. Like it's, you know, it, I can tell you did TV at one time, Cam. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs>
1: no, no they probably probably won't be bringing any ice cream in. So we'll we'll see. Well, hopefully hopefully
0: I got a show to come back to in two weeks time. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as I don't put it in the ditch, I'll do my best. We'll be all right. Don't worry. Thanks, Cam. Okay, see you. See you. 144 in Edmonton. Want to mention to you Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The star for recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. Royal Pizza with 15 spots in Edmonton and four in Calgary. Reminder, it is Edmonton owned and operated, and everything is real at Royal. 145 in Edmonton, back with NHL today. Uh, for, no, check that. This day in orders history for New West Travel and Brendan Escott will join us set up tonight's Elks versus Bombers encounter. You're listening to orders now. 146 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to this day in orders history for New West Travel. The Edmonton Oilers on the state back in 1988 traded Jeff Cortnall after the Oilers had won their fourth Stanley Cup in five years. Uh, They traded Jeff Cortnall to the Washington Capitals for Greg Adams. Cortnall scored 42 goals for the Capitals that season and had uh, multiple 20-plus goals seasons in eight of his next 10 years. Greg Adams, the not-so-good Greg Adams, he had nine points in 49 games with Edmonton before being flipped to Vancouver for a minor league uh, trade. Uh, By the way, I mean, that was a pretty lopsided trade back in 1988. It was not the biggest trade that was made by Glenn in the 1988 offseason. There is a bigger one than that in August. It was a tough day, to say the least. All right, Uh, tonight the Edmonton Elks are at it. Brendan Escott, who's a big part of our show here, helps produce uh, Oilers now, is also pre-and-post on the Elks broadcast. And is this a David versus Goliath matchup, or are all the Davids currently in the... uh Eastern uh, Conference of the CFL right
2: now. Yeah, I think that's safe to say this year, as evidenced by the standings. I mean, the Elks have gone out there and taken care of business twice, so uh, you could say that they've elevated themselves up above. And if you check the power rankings, Edmonton's actually, I think they're up to six now, so the East has a little bit of work to do, but so did the Elks tonight against the 6 0 Blue Bombers, who just seem to keep ticking along, you know, back to back defending Grey Cup champions. And here we are again, uh, undefeated through the first part of the season, and a lot of the same reasons why. You would just look to Zach Caleros, who's leading the league in passing in the quarterback position. They're throwing for uh, 347 yards a game, so that's going to have to be really keyed in on by the Elks' defense tonight. They'll get a little bit of help back in the defensive secondary. Duron Carter will make his debut for the team. They signed him in the offseason, was expected Is to he play the guy safety.
0: That po- was he the guy that played wide receiver yeah, for the Riders yeah, a few you, years you ago. Bet you betcha. So yeah. now
2: they're going to put him he won't start at safety tonight. Scott Hutter actually been pretty good there, but uh, he will definitely factor in, will Deron Carter. So it'll be interesting to watch that. Raphael Leonard is a guy who's going to play corner tonight as well, though he was a wide receiver on this team. So Chris Jones is dipping into the bag of tricks, Bob, and uh, and why not against a team that you're, you're going to have to surprise?
0: Well, it's interesting with Winnipeg because a lot of people thought there would be fairly significant defection in the off-season to other CFL organizations, given the success of the Bombers over the last couple of years that, you know, could a couple of their people in assistant GM roles be targeted by other CFL teams? The explanation that was given to me, and, and this makes sense with every domestic team in, uh, league in the world, he who has the best domestic players wins. Is that part of the Bombers' success is they got better Canadians than everybody else. I guess we call them nationals now in the uh, CFL. Is that is that part of the factor, do you think, Brendan?
2: I I would say it has something to do with their historical success. When you look at Andrew Harris and, and their running back position in particular, so that was that was one strength of the team. Um, I don't know that they have any real strong standout Canadians that put them that much over the top. Adam Big Hill, I suppose, at the line. I don't think he's a Canadian though, so, uh, you You know, they they just have a a regime in there. They have the same offensive line, or defensive line, rather, that has guys like Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat, and they they just seem to present problems and and mismatches all over the football field. So I would say that's the most significant thing.
0: All right, who's, like, Who's playing quarterback right now for the Elks? They've had three different starters so far this year, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And uh, we're
2: down again to Taylor Cornelius, who last week was, I mean, he talked about rising to the occasion, 230 passing yards and leading the 19 point uh, comeback to, to beat Montreal. And, and, while he didn't connect on every pass, there was quite a few that he put in the neighborhood and drew the pass interference calls on. So we'll see how much trust they have in his arm. He's got all the intangibles, right? I know you probably remember him a little bit anyway from his time at Oklahoma State and he's got a cannon arm. Last last week we saw his escapability and some of the the mobile um, nature to his game and that's a big deal when it comes to this Stephen McAdoo offense is having a quarterback that can run a little bit. So
0: where, where's Trey Ford at in all this right now?
2: Trey Ford is on the the six-game injured list. Okay. I think it's still... Um, no, actually, he's on the one-game injured list right now because they're not sure if he would need all six. Okay. Shoulder injury, throwing side. Okay, so that's not good. Likely, um, well, it'll be after the bye week. They wanted to get him at least there and then see where, where they can re-emerge. But Cornelius has been a great stopgap.
0: Do you get any sense... Uh, and, and look, I know this is your first year doing the, the pre- and post-game show, uh, Brendan, but... Do you get a sense there's a little bit – like the team struggled so badly at home. Now, they've won a couple games, but got to win at home. You know what I'm saying? Do you get a sense that there's a little bit different vibe with Chris Jones running the show right now? I think that there's
2: a real business-like nature to things with Chris Jones there. Chris Jones brings guys in that, like, if they don't think like him, they certainly understand how to play for him. Which is aggressively. Exactly. And the defense has been a big reason why they've been in these couple of games that they've won, and those have been on the road. So take some pride in your own backyard here, and I know that this has been a point of emphasis, and as the season goes along, you figure it's going to be more and more so. Uh, Maybe not the easiest opportunity. For them to break the thousand-day curse or slump or whatever you the want to call it, thousand-day
0: curse. Yeah,
2: it's been over a thousand days. Since October they won at home field at Breakfield, well, October twelfth of twenty nineteen. Who they beat? Was it Saskatchewan?
0: BC that night. They beat BC. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do this. What time are we beginning with the countdown to the kickoff show? Well,
2: we're actually at the tailgate party tonight for the kickoff okay. show that starts at five thirty here on six thirty. Chad and then Morley and Dave have the play-by-play
0: call at seven o'clock. And you have uh, pre-arranged interviews. And who's coming on with you at five thirty?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. We we have the uh, the Cree language broadcast tonight, so we'll have their broadcasters hop on. Tell okay. us a little bit more about that as well well as uh, Ed Jones, alumni from sure. the uh, from the Eskimos t- team. Not too tall, that's right, but uh, he is going up on the wall of honor, so we'll chat with him as well.
0: Of course, uh, you old school footballers would remember legendary number 72 for the Dallas Cowboys, Ed Too Tall Jones. He was six foot nine. Ed Not Too Tall Jones played for the uh, Eskimos and was part of one of the greatest secondaries of all time that won five consecutive great cups. They alternated between Pete Lavarato and Emilio Frieta at safety, but uh, Butler and Jones were on the halves, and Haibaugh and Holloman were on the quarters. Uh, the linebacking core at that time was Danny Ray Kepley as the middle linebacker. Dale Potter, who was my grade eight library teacher, that's right, grade eight library teacher, told me to play hockey, He said, it's ridiculous, you can chuck a football 55 yards in grade eight, but they're never going to let you play quarterback, they're going to put you on the line. Uh, so yeah, Dale Potter and Tom Towns, a converted fullback from the U of A, they were two of the outside linebackers, Danny Ray Kepley in the middle. Uh, they had York potential uh, on the defensive line hes since passed away uh, Dave Fennell, dr. death was on that D line Um Ron Este, the Swamp Dog, who had a quite a th- uh, thick, heavy uh, Cajun accent, was on uh, the uh, D-line as well. David Boone was on the d He played in the Super Bowl one year for the Minnesota Vikings, and then towards the end of it, James Quick-Parker. So, that's, that's That's all I got. I could do that from that 82 team, 80-81 team. They were pretty awesome. back. Reborn back then, Brendan? Not even close. Yeah. Sounds
2: like you would have done well in that library class, though.
0: No, I would have done well in that library class. <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, hey, uh, are you taking next week off?
2: Yeah, I'm heading overseas, actually. I'll see you on the other side of my Italy trip.
0: Well, stay out of trouble. That's right. All right, awesome. That's Brendan Escott, and he has the countdown to the kickoff show beginning at 5.30. Morley and Dave with the call, the Edmonton Elks and Winnipeg Blue Bombers from Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. All right, this wraps things up uh, for me. Um, I'm going to tell you that next week, Cam Moon and Cody Jansen have got Oilers now for you. This really isn't a summer song, but it is more a song that always makes uh, makes you appreciate things a little bit. Hey, it's been 49 straight weeks. Love the combination of the rolls. Hope you, uh, if you do get some time off over the next couple of weeks, uh, you enjoy things. Uh, again, Cam Moon and Cody will have things for you next week. Uh, Brendan comes back, and we'll be working with Cam and Cody the week after, and we'll rejoin you uh, at some point in August. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Braykenrich in 2 to 3, then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jaylen Lynn Special thanks to Brendan Scott and Derek Scott for helping us out here in Orders Now. So long, everybody.